This is Rhea. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. I'm currently huddled beneath a blanket. I know what you're thinking, and yes, it is because the Studio Spiders and Studio Beatles are in the middle of hosting a loud party. They knew I was planning to record today. I sent them a brief yet cordial email about it last week, as I always do, reminding them I will need silence for at least 47 minutes. And what do they do? They throw a party. Here. In my studio. Let me give you a sense of what I'm dealing with. This is what it sounds like without the blanket. You would think they could at least tone down the polka band. But apparently, they've turned off their email notifications. So here I am in my own studio, trying to dampen the sound with this blanket. I would come back later, but I really have to get this done. Remember, I do this for all of you. Oh, I think they might be sitting down to eat. It's quieted down quite a bit. No time to waste. Let's get to our story. It's called Tail Painting with Ms. Winter. Take it away, Abigail. Remember, there are no pictures. You have to imagine them in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, here we go. Come in, take a seat. Welcome. Come in, take a seat. Please get out your supplies. We haven't a moment to waste. Ms. Winter was a severe-looking red fox with small, dark eyes and a long, luxurious tail. She wore a painter's smock covered in swipes of color. She stood with her back pin straight as she watched her students file into the clearing in the great forest. She'd set up easels all around the clearing beneath a circle of open sky. It was early winter, but the air was temperate. The trees hadn't yet given up their leaves. The students filed in, carrying their canvases, wearing nervous smiles. Most of them were foxes, but there were other animals. A tortoise, a few badgers, a groundhog or two, and some small animals. A chipmunk with big eyes, a rather daring rabbit. Of course, Ms. Winter promised there would be no eating in class, but still, it amazed her that these defenseless prey animals came at all. Looking them over as they took their positions, she had little hope. She'd been holding drop-in tail painting classes for months in search of the next big artist in the forest. But they all looked lackluster. Studies in mediocrity, if she was honest. Not 
one looked like the next big thing. But she had to keep trying. Ms. Winter wrinkled her nose as she sniffed at the group. It would be another minute before the clock struck two, signaling the beginning of the session. As she scowled at the students, looking so eager and so average, her mind wandered to her arch-rival, Ms. Honeyworth. Ms. Honeyworth was the only other art teacher of any significance in the forest, and somehow, Ms. Winter had no idea how, somehow, Ms. Honeyworth had discovered not one, not two, but three artistic geniuses in the last year alone. Ms. Winter grimaced as she thought back to the many newsletter articles and radio segments fawning over Ms. Honeyworth and her star students. I'm here with Ms. Honeyworth and her student, Leilani Squirrel, at the opening of Leilani's first big art show. Leilani, how did you end up here? Well, it's really all due to Miss Honeyworth. Oh, Leilani, it's all you. No, no. Miss Honeyworth plucked me out of her class. She saw I had talent. She helped me cultivate my... Ms. Winter sighed at the memory. <sighs> it had been three years since Ms. Winter had hit that kind of jackpot. Pierre La Groundhog had been an incredible find, and his art shows had drawn sizable crowds. Back then, the radio hosts begged for interviews with the two of them. I'm here with Pierre La Groundhog and his mentor, Ms. Winter, at the opening of Pierre's much-anticipated art show entitled Forest, Seen, and Heard. Pierre, tell us how you found yourself as the most sought-after young painter in the forest. Well, he was a nobody, I tell you, a nobody, until I found him. I plucked him from obscurity. Me, I did it. Ah, uh, Miss Winter, that's, that's fantastic, isn't it? But Pierre had long since moved away, and the forest creatures had moved on. The clock chimed. Miss Winter shook herself from her musings and got down to business. Welcome to tail painting class. I'm Miss Winter. I want to reiterate that we have a no-eat policy in this class, she said giving a sharp look to the foxes in the room. Prey creatures are welcome to leave several minutes early to get a head start. The foxes chuckled. The docile creatures furrowed their brows. We will be painting a mountain scene. Everyone, get your tails out and we shall begin. Um, excuse me, Miss Autumn, said a young fox with eyes that blinked rapidly behind round spectacles. 
It's Miss Winter. Um, yes, uh, Miss Winter. Um, I don't have a canvas. And why not? When I heard it was a tail painting class, I thought we were going to paint our tails. Miss Winter's eyebrows shot up in surprise and distaste as giggles erupted around the clearing. That is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, and I've heard many ridiculous things. Obviously, we are painting using our tails. The young fox looked around uncertainly, as if this was not at all obvious to him. There was a stretch of silence as Ms. Winter's eyes grew dark and a little vein became visible on her neck. Then, without a shred of warning, Ms. Winter leapt at the young fox. Get out! Leave! Be gone with you! This class is for serious artists only. Out, I said. Ms. Winter chased him, yelping from the clearing. The remaining students glanced around at one another, shocked into silence. Now then, Ms. Winter thundered, we simply must get down to business. What an astonishing waste of precious minutes. Everyone follow my lead. Ms. Winter dipped the very end of her tail into a container of white paint and proceeded to spread the paint across her canvas. This is a base coat, students. Follow along now. The students did as they were told. A tortoise named Little Sam raised his foot. Ms. Winter scowled at him, knowing for sure he was not a budding artistic genius who could win her favor amongst those in the know in the forest. What is it? All around the tortoise, the other animals were busily coating their canvases with a layer of crisp white paint. Little Sam frowned. Uh, I think, well... I don't think my tail is capable of that, little Sam said, craning his neck to assess his tail's capabilities. There was no way it would be a useful paintbrush. Ms. Winter paused in her own painting to glare at the tortoise with his ineffectual little tail. Get out! Skedaddle! Leave at once! Ms. Winter chased the tortoise out of the clearing. The tortoise moved, well, like a tortoise. So the whole thing looked like a bizarre, slow-motion chase, with Ms. Winter creeping along behind him as he went, leaning threateningly over his shell, waving her paws wildly, and gnashing her teeth. Finally, after more precious minutes of class had been wasted by this strange spectacle, it was back to painting. Now, students, we'll trace the outline of our mountain range, like so. Ms. Winter dipped the end of her tail in navy blue paint, 
and traced the uppermost edge of the mountain range on her canvas. When she was done, she meandered around the rows of students, commenting on their efforts. Decent. Not good, but decent. That looks like something my pet beetle would paint. Ms. Winter came to a garden snake, who was grinning in a way that irritated her. His grin was doubly infuriating because his painting was a mess of blobs and swipes across the canvas. Ms. Winter stared at him with narrowed eyes. Tell me, do you think this looks remotely like what is on my canvas? Um, hmm, a little? The garden snake's smile withered. Get out! Remove thyself! And Ms. Winter chased him out of the studio, nipping at his tail. She dusted herself off and returned to her canvas, feeling any hope of finding the next big tail-painting star slipping between her paws. Next, we will shade this section with a wash of blue. It should be a light wash, nothing too opaque. We'll be adding layers as we go. Miss Winter demonstrated the next step, then again wandered among the students, allowing for the slim possibility that she'd find a standout in this bunch of middling painters. That's when she made her discovery. It was after she'd walked past a number of untalented artists. How am I doing, Ms. Winter? Poorly. Do you like my mountains, Ms. Winter? Not particularly. Then it happened. She rounded the perimeter of the group and was headed back towards her own easel when she saw something magnificent. A tiny chipmunk perched on a stool, painting a canvas with flicks of his slim little tail. The landscape he'd created was breathtaking. Ms. Winter stopped and stared. She felt a buzz of electricity run through her. This was it. She'd found the next big thing. Ms. Winter felt as though the world went quiet. She went quiet. She stood stock still, afraid to make a move. She had to play this carefully, strategically. But she couldn't help herself. She dashed over to the chipmunk and loomed over him as he worked. The chipmunk paused. It was a full body pause. The freeze that animals of his size and nature were used to doing at any sign of threat. He looked up to see Ms. Winter smiling down at him, her teeth glinting in the afternoon light. Um, hi, the chipmunk said. Well, <laughs> hello. Miss Winter said, in a voice she hoped was dripping with sweetness. Tell me about your painting. Um, it's, uh... Do, 
Do you mind backing up just slightly? It's just that I'm allergic to fox hair. Of course, of course. Miss Winter stood up straight and took a tiny step away from the canvas with what she hoped was a warm smile stretched across her face. Uh, I, I'm just trying to paint it the best I can, I guess. I see. And do you have much artistic experience? Artistic experience? Yes, have you tail-painted much before? I've never tail-painted before. Ms. Winter thought she might faint. She tried to keep it together and not let on what a big deal this was. Be strategic, she told herself as she plastered a bigger smile on her face. The chipmunk, for his part, fidgeted uncomfortably under the glare of Ms. Winter's attention. I'd love to speak to you further about your painting. Uh, was it JJ? That's right, JJ. JJ, please come see me at the end of class. Seeing the look on his face, she added, Of course, my no-eat policy is in place at all times for my students. All right, then. You'll come see me. We'll talk. J.J., the artistic genius, gave what Ms. Winter interpreted as a nearly imperceptible nod. Wonderful, just fantastic. Ms. Winter strode back to her canvas, feeling like her world was coming alive. As she demonstrated the next step in the painting, she imagined what would follow this incredible discovery. We're here with Ms. Winter, a top art teacher in the forest, and her protege, J.J., a chipmunk she plucked from obscurity, who is now headlining the biggest art show in the forest. Ms. Winter, how did you do it? The moment I saw J.J. enter my class, I just knew. His artistic brilliance radiated from him. Of course, only someone with a practiced eye would be able to recognize it as such. Fascinating. And J.J., to what do you attribute your wild success? Well, I attribute it to Miss Winter, of course. Without her, I'd probably be in a burrow somewhere, eating walnut cricket cupcakes and going nowhere in life. Miss Winter could hardly contain herself. The thought of all the attention she'd get, the accolades, the sour look on Miss Honeyworth's face when she learned of Miss Winter's discovery of the next big thing. Well, it positively made her mouth water. Miss Winter flicked her tail in careful swipes across her canvas, adding a layer of shrubs, trees, clouds in the sky, the sun peeking out from the clouds. She was a talented tail painter, and she did enjoy putting paint to canvas. But at the moment, her mind was elsewhere. 
The class was alive with the sounds of dozens of tails swishing against canvases. Birds sang from the tree branches. The sun was warm, but not a bit harsh on this brisk, late fall afternoon. Ms. Winter finished her last swipes on the canvas and rinsed her tail in the little bowl of water she always kept by her easel. Then she turned her attention to the class. In particular, she set her attention on her star student. Jared or Jason or Juju or whatever his name was. But he wasn't at his canvas. Every strand of fur running along Ms. Winter's spine went pin straight. Her mouth became a desert as her small eyes darted around the class, searching for the key to her own reputational success. Ms. Winter dashed to the place where the chipmunk had been, the canvas with the lovely landscape tail painting remained, but his stool was empty. Surrounding it were useless creatures busily working on their mediocre paintings. Uh, students, Ms. Winter said, trying to keep her rising agitation out of her voice. Did anyone happen to see where that darling chipmunk went off to? A badger looked up from his work. There was a chipmunk here. Uh, his name was, uh, well, I, I think it was uh, Jiminy, or maybe John John? Doesn't ring a bell. Ms. Winter felt another buzz of electricity run through her, from the tip of her tail to the area behind her eyes. But this time, it was rage, fury. She felt a headache drumming up as if someone were tapping against her brain with a little hammer. Doesn't ring a bell, does it? Despite everything that had already taken place, the badger seemed to have no idea what was coming. Miss Winter leapt at him, screeching, Get out. chasing Leave him out presence. of the clearing. Be gone. The badger disappeared into the woods, running faster than any of them had ever seen a badger run. The remaining students stopped painting. They stared at Ms. Winter with wide eyes. All of them looked like prey animals now, even the foxes. Ms. Winter slunk through the stools and easels, sniffing for the chipmunk. Every now and then, she thought she got a whiff of him, but it would turn out to be some other sad little creature, sitting in front of an equally sad attempt at art. She nearly searched every square inch of ground beneath her students' feet when she stopped short and pricked up her ears. Ms. Winter, in addition to being a talented artist, had exceptional hearing, and what she heard in that moment stopped her cold. 
It was chewing. There was a fox, a young fox, mindlessly chewing on something. Ms. Winter scurried to him, a severe expression on her face. The fox paused mid-chew and blinked up at her. The painting on the fox's canvas was amateurish at best, as if it were made by a child. Ms. Winter's eye twitched as she glared down at this ridiculous, untalented fox who had apparently just eaten her star student, Johnny, or whatever his name was, just casually swallowed up her future as if it was nothing, a mere snack to be gulped down. That's when Ms. Winter really lost it. I can't even recount the details. It would be too unsettling. She didn't eat any of her students. She did abide by her own no-eat policy, but she certainly scared them as she chased them all, every single one, out of the clearing. Get out, all of you! Be gone! Most of them abandoned their paintings on the easels, but a few daring students dragged their canvases out behind them, with Ms. Winter nipping at their heels. It was a dramatic scene, but it was also quick. Soon, Ms. Winter was alone in the clearing in the forest, surrounded by half-finished works of art. Across the forest, J.J., the chipmunk, scampered over rocks and under logs, across the crisp leaves blanketing the forest floor. He was relieved to have been able to slip out of Ms. Winter's art class. What a nightmare. He couldn't stand another minute of it. How strange it had been for her to loom over him. And the way she kept darting her eyes at him, he was glad to have made a run for it when he did. No one had noticed him scurry away through their feet. It was a beautiful afternoon. JJ smiled up at the rays of sun, winking through the bare tree branches. Then he heard the sound of animals in the distance. Welcome, everyone. Do come in. So glad to have you here. As he neared the voices, he saw a sign with lovely lettering. It said, Tail Painting with a Ms. Honeyworth. There was a tall raccoon wearing an artist's mock. She was smiling at the students as they stepped into the clearing. There were squirrels and chipmunks among them. He had rather enjoyed tail painting. Perhaps he'd give it another go with this Ms. Honeyworth character. J.J. watched as the students filed into Ms. Honeyworth's class. He noticed that everyone smiled at her as they entered, their eyes shining with appreciation. J.J. scampered over to Ms. Honeyworth, whose eyes lit up with warmth as he approached. Why, hello there. Are you joining my class? I, I think so. But I don't have any supplies, J.J. said, 
thinking of his abandoned paint and canvas. I've got plenty. Join us, please. Miss Honeyworth ushered him inside. Who knows? You might just be my next star student. That worked out really well. It's been so quiet in here. Perfect, really. I guess I just have a knack for time. Ing. Hmm. Well, joke's on them because I was able to get through my entire story without interruption. Honestly, I don't even know how they got that polka band in here. I'll investigate when I'm done. I hope you loved the story. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house tech director, Peter Kay, runs my website and puts my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. Thank you to my Little Stories premium subscribers for making it possible for me to continue sharing stories with children around the world. You can join to get more of the stories you love, ad-free listening, and access to Little Stories for Sleep, a bedtime podcast featuring brand new sleep stories by visiting littlestoriespremium.com. Thank you to Abigail for the super important reminder message at the beginning. And thank you to the many premium subscribers who supplied sound effects used in this story. Thank you to Madeline, Sanaya, Cecilia, Sage, David, Evelyn, Milo, Ellie, Daya, Ada, Jack, Carter, Sabina, Natasha, Ani, Una, Elowin, Juniper, and Holden. And thank you, as always, for listening in.